do us this big, big favor. Go ahead and go over to Good Pods. Go over to Apple Podcasts. Go over to Spotify to rate us over there. Go ahead and show us some love. Rate individual episodes. Tell us what you think. It also helps other people to discover us. And go ahead. Let's go ahead and enjoy this. We're going to be doing Thor and Love and Thunder. We're doing a breakdown. I have PJ with me. I can't wait to go ahead and dissect this thing with him. We're also doing some movie news. So go ahead, chill, relax, and grab a cold one. And let's do this. Right. And like I said, I have PJ here. Welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you on here. Hey, it's good to be here, brother. It definitely is. And, you know, I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while. We've never been able to get get it done because of our work schedules or whatever, but it's good to actually have you on here. Right. Yeah, I'm definitely happy to be here and I'm excited to break down this trailer with you. Same here. So, with further ado, let's just break down this one minute and a 42 minute trailer and let's see what we have. Okay. His hands were once used for battle. Okay, let's pause it right here. So, here's the thing. I like this scene because of the fact it's basically them ending where Endgame left off at. And basically, this is him basically just saying, hey, look... This is who I used to be. I used to be mad with vengeance and everything. I some time has passed. I'm ready to move on from my life. So I'm just gonna bury the um burying the axe here, basically. Right. And I also like um in this beginning scene where he's running through the forest. Um, a couple of things you noticed about this scene. First, when he's a little child, um that's actually one of Chris Hemsworth's youngest son playing him. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then here, um, when he's a teenager, the, the cool part about this is he's wearing the classic Thor outfit from uh, mm-hmm. the Jack Kirby comics. I thought that was pretty neat. That's an, that's an awesome throwback. And if you think about it, though, it kind of sets up like a coming of age comic. Right. For this. <clears throat> so that's something that I really liked about that. And I didn't get a chance to dive into it on the trailer reaction like that. But to me, that's what I find fascinating is the fact it's like a coming of age Thing of where you once were as a kid then you go into adulthood and going into the things that you went through with Asgard being destroyed and everything exactly. the war on on, Than- on Thanos and then of course now having a breather basically yeah alright let's see what else alright his hands were once used for battle now they're but humble tools for peace I need to figure out exactly who I am. Okay, we're gonna... The part where he says, now I gotta figure out who I am. How many of us in life just goes through that in our own adulthood? of, Or even in our teenage life or in our early 20s, like, I need to discover who I am because I don't understand who I am. And he's been through so much stuff, so much turmoil to the point where he probably lost himself during this whole entire thing. Yeah, we laugh yeah. at the part where Korg winds up, winds up saying, oh, everybody will live. And then all of a sudden the planet gets destroyed. We laugh about it. But underneath it, there's pain and turmoil there. Yeah. And it's a little bit of um, also what happened between um, Infinity War and Endgame. 
Because um, remember, Thor went into a depression for a while and he became out of shape and, um, you know, um, basically, I, I think, you know, he did lose himself during that, um, having to deal with the uh, repercussions of not killing Thanos right off the bat because he feels like he's responsible for losing half the population of, you know, everywhere. Right. And yeah, I think after dealing with that trauma, he's just trying to um, learn to live a normal life again. Maybe get his confidence back or get back to who he was. Definitely. Yeah. Right. I want to choose my own path. Live in the moment. Okay, so the part with the vest, yeah. Everything now that is Star Lord's vest. What looks like belongs to uh, Star Lord. So my theory is that, huh? I didn't even notice that. Go ahead. Your theory is okay. My theory is this: you know how they always have that back and forth banter of who's the best looking, right? Yeah. So my my theory is this. This is just like a little small joke that they probably do or whatever. Star Lord probably left his jacket there or whatever. And then all of a sudden you see Thor, he winds up cutting the sle- sleeves out to make a vest to make him look like this rock star kind of god, which right. is pretty funny. But underneath the context <clears throat> of it, though, I believe that this was, in my opinion, I think this was just them doing their back and forth thing of who looks better and what um in what costume. We're, we'll have a good laugh about that's just my speculation on it. It's like, okay, who looks better in Star Lord's jacket? Do I do with my best, or does or does he look better looking than I do in his jacket? So that's what I'm thinking. And a little bit before that, if you go back to the part where he's working out with the chains, yeah, that's a little bit of military that? training. Yeah, do you see the hat he's wearing though? <laughs> no, I didn't notice. Let's let's take a look you, at that. If you, if you can check out the hat, once they get a close up on it, it says "Strongest Avenger" on the front. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like giving a little bit of more of a motivation for him to get back to shape, <laughs> right? And it goes back to that joke he made in um, what was it, um, Thor Ragnarok when yeah. he was trying to start the ship and he was trying to figure out a password and he was like "Strongest Avenger." And Bruce Banner comes aboard and you know he's able to unlock the ship and it says "Welcome, Strongest Avenger." <laughs> And Thor's like, what? <laughs> I like how he's poking fun at himself, though. He kind of looks like Forrest Gump over here, though, with his Baba Shrimp right. on. And what's crazy about the hat, because I did pause it during this scene, I think it was originally an Avengers hat, but Thor scribbled out the S <laughs> on the end and wrote strongest above that. <laughs> How much do you want to bet that Hot Topic would probably is going to be selling one of these hats? I'm pretty sure they will be. <laughs> I'd buy it. To be I honest, that was crazy though. I mean, he wrote it in sh- in permanent marker across strongest. That's Thor though. Yeah, Thor crossed out the S <laughs> and just put strongest Avenger. <laughs> I can totally see that. Yeah. Okay, let's let's All go right. on. I love the pirate set. I 
superheroing days are over. Okay, now that's interesting too. This is going back into the Viking language and stuff with the way the boat is. So you're actually giving identification, characterization with the character, with him doing the Viking ship and things like that too. And also too, even that one part where I said I like the whole pirate thing, that's even going into the whole entire deal with the Vikings as well in a sense. So I definitely like how they're paying homage to the Viking lineage and also too, they're also giving us the new look of Asgard, which I find really fascinating. Yeah, that's what I was looking at too. Because, um, well, first off, here where we're paused at the scene where I think are those oxes are they goats? I think they're goats. But I remember this being part yeah, of uh, the Marvel lore. Yeah, he had two goats. I can't pronounce their names, but yeah, he had them. And this new look of um <clears throat> Asgard, it seems like it's become maybe a tourist site or something. Well, this this right here, yeah. I think this is um Olympus though. Yeah, that's gonna be Olympus. Olympus, I Okay. At first, I thought that was gonna be Asgard. I'm like, wait, how is that Asgard? I'm like, there's supposed to be a more of an earthly feel to it, unless he figured out a way to do gravitational forces or something. Right. Where it was more homage to his thing, but no, I think that's Olympus. I think as we get further along in the trailer, though, we're gonna see a new Asgard where they've <laughs> built up on it. Let's go a little further because uh, something yeah. in there made me think it became a tourist site. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, right here. Pause it. Right. We can pause right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm thinking that. I, I'm thinking Zeus gonna, is going to bite the bullet in the very beginning. I'm thinking this is the very beginning of the movie, where it sets up Gore. Right. And and this is where we wind up seeing how threatening Gore actually is to other gods. Right. So I'm thinking this is going to have some monologue behind it. To basically, like, do a DC kind of thing, where basically you explain in context about how strong Gore actually is and what he's doing. And taking down these other gods and making them more threatening. But I'm thinking, but I'm wondering though too, how what kind of beef does he have with Thor other than the fact that he just wants to kill him? Right. I do think it's interesting that they're traveling to other pantheons now. Like we know they exist in the comics, but we've never seen them in the MCU. So this is gonna be the first time that we're actually seeing the Greek pantheon and you know, Zeus. Think that's pretty cool. I do wonder how he travels um to these worlds though. Like we know Stormbreaker has the power of the Bifrost, but I mean the um <clears throat> the Greek pantheon isn't connected to the nine realms. So I am curious about how he gets here. I'm here as well. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. I wonder if Thanos' brother does something to where he right. zaps him to certain places. Teleports up to certain places. All right. That's just another little nod to uh, the Eternals. That I right. <laughs> Remember what I told you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 
This is what I'm talking about because you see the van and you see the cruise liners in the back. It, it mm-hmm. makes me think that this place has now become a tourist attraction. That actually makes sense. I'm going to go with you on that because I'm thinking this is where the Matt Damon character is going to be at, where he's telling oh, the story. God. So that would actually make sense for them to tell the story. And then, of course, you know, we're not going to have a Loki a, a cameo or anything like that. They already went on ahead and confirmed it. Right. But I'm sure that they are going to break it down to how in-game is. I'm hoping Lewis is there, though. I'm hoping that we have a cameo by Lewis somewhere yeah. within that little uh, Universal Studios of Asgard. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but still, I'm, I, I really am. I'm going to actually have to go on board with that. That is definitely um, more of a tourist attraction right. versus a place to live. And how's Okay, the actors Matt Damon, Luke Hemsworth, Sam Neill, Melissa McCarthy, and her husband are the yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Creating Creator. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. All right, let's do it. All right. You ever feel lost? Just look into the eyes of the people that you love. (laughs) (laughs) And this is what I'm telling you about the vest. (laughs) Right. <laughs> yeah, because we remember when he um <clears throat> went off to join the Guardians of the Galaxy at the end of Endgame, and he and Quill were kind of bantering over who's going to be the leader. <laughs> right. And another yeah. thing too is I don't think we're going to see much of the Guardians in this one. I think they're just going to do a nice little small cameo, and then they're going to fly out doing their Guardians of the Vol- Volume Three, and yeah. Thor is going to be doing his own thing. Yeah, I, I can see that being a possibility. But this scene, I think, sort of shows, um, you know, Thor lost his mother, he lost his brother, he lost his father. And in a way, aside from the Avengers, since he went off with the Guardians, they're his new family. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. And Peter's basically his brother, his new right. brother and everything with this new family of misfits. So, yeah, I can definitely see it. Yeah. Oh, and a little bit before that, um, Valkyrie, she was sitting at some kind of um, international summit. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I wonder if she's going to be like a concierge to maybe Thor or handling in international affairs. Right. Something. I mean, with um, since everybody moved from Asgard and new Asgard is on Earth. You know, I'm wondering if, you know, the people of the world have some sort of issue with this or maybe they're trying to become an official country or maybe they're trying to get them to share their resources, something of that nature. Or become American citizens, though, too. Yeah. I mean, where it could also deal with scrolls. That, that, that's a good theory. <laughs> it could also deal with scrolls, though, too. But yeah. also, too, I'm also thinking it also leans into Black Panther a little bit. All right. Because remember, they use their technology and stuff. Right. And they decided to open up their borders of Wakanda in the last film. So, yeah. So, they might be talking about the borders, about what they want to do, and also probably going into citizenship as well. So, there's different things that you can go with this. Exactly. All right. You ever feel lost? Just look into the eyes of the people that you love. Oreo commercial. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Me? <laughs> what? Just listening. Oh, 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 
looks total badass right there. I mean, yeah, you, you can actually see that um, when Mjolnir's in her hand, you see the cracks in it from where Hella damaged it, and now it's reassembled. Yep. So I you do see, wonder how that happens. That's something that Charlie and I were talking about during the trailer reaction and everything, too. But I, that's my first time noticing the cracks, though. Yeah, I'm glad that you noticed the cracks because when I, I was just so excited just to react to the trailer. Right. But um, Charlie and I were thinking maybe it had something to do with Cap going back in time and, he kind of, and that happened. But also, too, what if they got Peter Dinklage to do some reassembling with it? Is that possible? That is possible. What did Charlie just say? <laughs> did you catch that? I missed it. <laughs> he said, I believe he, she stole that helmet from Peacemaker. No, Peacemaker's helmet looks like a toilet bowl's upside down. This looks right. total badass. <laughs> but, you know, this. I'm going to be honest with you. I was not the biggest fan of Jane. I used to call her plain Jane. Yeah. Because <laughs> it wasn't either. <laughs> Right, her and I both agreed on that. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. I gave it a chance to marinate because it's been, what, two, three years since we got the announcement that Jane was coming back? Right, yeah. So I'm like, okay, so I let it sizzle for a little bit, letting my steak marinate a little. Uh, thank you for the confirmation, Charlie, three years. But, you know, I let the steak sizzle for a little bit. Let it stay there a little si so I can have a nice, juicy, medium-rare steak. And so now we actually have her, we actually have a great-looking Lady Thor. I'm going to be honest with you. She looks fantastic. I'm excited yeah. to see her. I'm, and I'm also going to have to agree with Charlie. I think it had a lot to do with the writing as to why I didn't like her as Jane. So it's no discredit to the actress or anything like that. It's just the way that she was written in. Now that I'm actually thinking about it, I know I said this a couple of years ago <clears> on my <throat> podcast. If you listen to the audio-only podcast, I call it Plain Jane. I call her a bunch of other things, saying that I don't think she's the best person to play Lady Thor. I ate my words. It's not the first time I'm wrong about anything in my life. I'm not perfect, but this looks great. Oh, I get you because, um, and I hate to bring this film up because I didn't like it, but that's how I felt about the 2016 Ghostbusters. All of those women are great comedic actresses. They really are. It's just for that particular film, they were given poor material to work with. That's why it was so horrible. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, Right. And, you know, when we talk Ghostbusters, I do want to dive into that because we are going to try and do a Ghostbusters review later oh, on. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I've been, we've been meaning to do that, too. But, you know, as far as this look goes, what do you think? I mean, look, she looks fantastic. Yeah, I actually kind of like it. Um, I do feel like maybe later on they're going to get rid of the mask because um, they made some adjustments with Thor, too, since the first film. As you remember in the first film, I mean, Chris Hemsworth, his hair was bright blonde. His eyebrows were bright. Yeah, bright that was off, way off center. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually they went to a, you know, a darker blonde or a brown. But yeah, this looks pretty cool. But I feel like she's, you know, she's going to unmask later on. And I don't think it's going to be something she's going to wear throughout the whole film or, you know, the entire battle. But yeah, I mean, this does look badass. I mean, you see, look at her arms. She's gotten beefed up. worked out. Right. I'll <laughs> so, be <yeah>. scared. <laughs> be honest. I would be too. <laughs> if she came over to my house, you said playing Jane. I'm like, no, ma'am. I'm good. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Just don't hurt me. 
But yeah, she look, this this trailer looks fantastic for a minute and 30 seconds that we have of this. I mean, I'm excited. I'm I'm ecstatic for it. Um, yeah, again, curious about it. So yeah, let's see where this goes. So that's going to be the end of our trailer breakdown as far as that goes. Right. But yeah, I thought the trailer looks clean. I thought it looks fresh. My anticipation levels like at a 10. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I can see it being a little bit comical, but well, for me, hopefully they don't try to make it completely like Thor Ragnarok, which was funny in its own right, but I, I would like a little bit more seriousness in this movie than it, than we had in the last film. That's all. Hmm. Here's the thing. I like Thor Ragnarok. I'm hoping that they keep the same humor, but time the humor correctly. A little bit right, because Thor Ragnarok basically didn't have a script. <laughs> Right, and the plus side, though, like Charlie mentioned, though, <clears throat> Michael Watiti is still involved within right. this film, so it's still his baby, which is something I, uh, no wonder why Marvel decided to keep him as a director. This movie yeah. made, this this movie's a juggernaut. It made billions at the box office. It did. And I do find it interesting that all the other main characters got on, so the humor will likely, most likely be there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <clears throat> I find interesting that everybody else or the main people got three films. Thor's the only person with a fourth film so far. That's true. I didn't think about that. Because, you know, usually he's pretty much behind the sidelines when we look at movies and stuff, but they put him out in front and center to give him better, uh, better movies and stuff. I feel like whenever they first did Thor movies, they didn't understand who his character was or anything like that. Didn't understand the characterization of his character. Yeah. And that's why we got those bad movies. But now it's actually got strained out and everything. So that's something I really do appreciate. Right. So now moving on to some movie news. <laughs> um, but hold on for a moment. Um, Charlie said it made $854 million at the box office. Really close to a billion. <clears throat> well, I was close to that yeah. number. Uh, so now we're going to go into some Ezra Miller news real quick. And I just wish that the WB would just get rid of him. But unfortunately, he finds a way to actually popping up whenever we don't want him to be popping up. So let's see. This was reported by Variety. Ezra Miller has been arrested for a second-degree assault on Hawaii less than four weeks after The Flash and Fantastic Beasts. Star War, a star was arrested for disorderly conduct and harassment in uh, Hawaii. Miller was arrested early Tuesday morning after an incident at a private residence in Bahoa. Patrol officers responded to a report for an assault that occurred to get at a get-together in Lanlani Estates sub, subdivision in Lower Puna. According to the Hawaii Police Department, Miller allegedly became erratic after being asked to leave and threw a chair, striking 26-year-old woman on the forehead and resulting in an approximate half-inch cut. The woman refused treatment for the injury. I would have actually went to the hospital and made him pay for that shit. Exactly. Um, <laughs> And that's not in the report. But police arrested Miller at 1.30 a.m. The actor was located in the roadway during the tra- traffic stop in the intersection of Highway 130 at Kaluka Street in Kaoa. Don't ask me how I know how to say that. Miller was released at 4.05 a.m. after conferring with the county uh, prosecutor's office pending further investigation. The investigation remains active. Yeah, I'm so, surprised they're not putting yeah. Or maybe she is, we just don't know yet. That's something that I find really odd. 
Because that's why he's getting away with all this crap, to be honest with you. Right. And that's something that I never really, you know, I never really thought that would actually happen. But here's the thing. When you look at WB and what they're doing now, because now it's brought out by Disney. Uh, not Disney, but it's brought out by Discovery. And that guy, David uh, Lesvalve, I think that's how you say his name. I'm sorry if I'm butchering it. Of course, I can say other parts of Hawaii, but I can't pronounce the guy's name. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> but anyways, he doesn't play. This guy doesn't seem like that he's going to go ahead and tolerate his antics. And I feel bad that he has to tolerate this, especially whenever he's coming into this. Uh, yeah. Okay. But I feel bad. It's cool. But no, I just feel bad that he inherited this company, and now you have this problem child known as Ezra Miller, right? who's like the Loki of the WB, and causing all this mishap. Now, <clears throat> when the original executives took over, they were like, Shh, I'm not going to mention anything about this. We're just going to keep this hush, and it'll be perfectly fine. He won't mess up anymore. Next thing you know it, Ezra Miller pops up again. We're not going to do anything. This will all go away. I'm thinking David's going to clean house with him because right now you can't really fire him because number one, the, the flash film's already shot, right? Right. So my thing is this, you would have to probably reshoot the whole entire movie and go over your budget to do reshoots and recast somebody because this right now has a whole entire stink bomb all over it. To be honest, what do you think yeah, he's probably you know under under contract for you know those films, which sometimes gives you you know an airtight seal to keep people from getting rid of you. But I mean, this guy's been arrested. This, this is his second arrest in less than a month over mm-hmm. disorderly conduct, and then it's over the same thing: assault. He assaulted somebody the last time he got arrested. So. I think, um, I mean, depending on the fan base, I don't know if this is going to bring a lot of um, negative attention to Warner Brothers, um, you know, DC Universe films. I don't know if um, it's going to cause outrage with the fans or not, but I mean, it's possible they might be asking asking, uh, Warner Brothers to just let him go. Or, you know, they might protest any movies with him in it. Right. And here's the thing. I've been noticing in comments on Facebook and social media that they want to just get rid of him and get somebody else. And I agree with Tamika. Can they replace Ezra with Grant already? And here's the thing. I think that I never understood why you would go ahead and get two different actors to play the same character unless they wanted to make their universe separate from the television universe. And I know that TV acting is different from movie acting. Right. And stuff, but still, I think Grant can actually transition from that if given the right script of everything too. To be honest with you, but I'm that's what I'm thinking, and I'm thinking too. Like if they go on ahead and release this movie, movie too, you would have to also pay Ezra Miller. Basically, you're rewarding somebody for his shitty, um, you know, behavior. Right. Well. You know, uh, he and Grant already appeared together in an episode of The Flash. So since they opened that possibility up, yeah, he might be, they might be able to transfer Grant to his universe or something like that. Because they've, like I said, they've already met in an episode and 
We're checking out each other's costumes. So we've pretty much established that, you know, the multiverse does exist in the DC universe between the TV shows and the movies. My thing is this. There's an easy way to do this. All they have to do is make him do go reverse and then put him in that universe. And that's it. Show him on TV, going in reverse, all of a sudden he disappears. Next thing you know, he winds up in the DCEU. Right. Exactly. And that's how you incorporate it. Yeah. Easy fix. But also, too, you're also looking at reshoots, special effects, stuff like that, that you would have to redo all over again and do the whole entire... It's just a mess. <clears throat> exactly. And then you'd have to negotiate a salary with the new actor. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. They probably should get rid of him, but because it wouldn't be cost effective, they're probably going to go ahead and, you know, keep him on anyway. That's true. Yeah. But it just sucks, though, man. Like, I'm excited yeah. for this movie, but you're also, and also, too, all this stuff is now on pause. Like, just like how right. Will Smith stuff's on pause right now. They also bought Ezra Miller stuff. Right. So, okay, so let's say, for instance, that you don't, and I've been pondering about this all day, just speculating in my head. Mm. Uh, but, okay, let's say, for instance, that you don't recast. You decide to just go ahead, throw it on there first, throw it at the movie theaters, and then fire them later on. And then, after that, you go on ahead and you recast. Now, my thing is this, do you pay Ezra Miller? And then just freezes accounts, or what do you do with that? Because you're rewarding someone for their behavior and everything too. So I'm just like, how do you go about doing that? Do you freeze his assets until the freeze is over with, or what do you do with that? Uh, with that being said, I think you know if they're going to do a recast. Um, Go ahead and, you know, unfortunately, give Ezra Miller his stuff. And like you said, let him go after that. Um, in a new film, you may not have to do a complete reshoot. But let's say maybe we just put an extra um, scene at the end where he leaves the universe and the new Flash, Grant Gustin, comes in. Um, after that, then just don't, you know, make any more contracts with Ezra Miller after that. Unfortunately, yeah, it sucks that he'll still, you know, get his money, but he won't be able to be involved with any future projects. And if there's a way that they can keep him from getting residuals from those films being played again, then I right. think that would be a good idea. Right. But at the same time, though, you're also risking money still because of the fact of how much it costs with the budget then the reshoots. So you're losing more money than you are anything else. So I would say reshoot the whole thing if you're already going to lose money anyway. So you might as well go on and reshoot the whole thing because yeah. there's nothing that you can really do. <laughs> like Charlie said, he is in W. Here's the thing. There's a difference to, between him being in the secrets of Dumbledore versus being in the Flash, though. He's right. not up front and center. He does. He's not the main character. He's not the main focal point. Right. So I understand why they still released that movie, even though it was already facing controversy anyways between the Amber Heard situation and Johnny Depp situation and Johnny Depp being like, go after the UK stuff and things like that. But here's the thing. You're not, Ezra Miller's not the vocal point. Your vocal point is Double Door and Grindelwald. Exactly, right. That's the names on there. It's not the character of Ezra Miller's character. Now, if that was the case, then yeah, you can pause that. 
What do you think? No, I completely agree. I mean, go ahead and release that film. He's not. I mean, Ezra Miller's not really getting any press anyway for Secrets of Dumbledore. I mean, this is Jude Law, you know? (laughs) Exactly, man. Exactly. So, yeah, go ahead and let him have that. But as far as the Flash universe, I mean, you know, uh, where he's going to be one of the main characters. Yeah, you can can let him go for that. I mean, it's going to suck to renegotiate contracts and hire lawyers and all of that, but... Yeah, if I feel like if they don't, then in the long run, it may hurt them even worse. Uh, Tamika says that she's sending you some good vibes. And then Tanya says hi to me. Hi, Tanya. Good ha- seeing you over here on the chat. Right. Good to see you also, too, as well, Tamika. And let's see. Well, if you want another movie news topic, just announced Spider-Man Across the Spider-Man Verse Part 1 just was delayed to June 2nd, 2023. Um, new Spider Verse film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait to see that because they did an excellent job with that first one. It really did. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I was shocked at how well that went. <clears throat> right. Me too. <laughs> because at first, I'm looking at the trailer. Right now, t- let me ask you this: with the animation, did it really look off-centered to you? With the animation, with the way the teaser actually looked, it's like okay, it just doesn't fit my vibe. But right. then once you see the movie in its context, it's like it's good. Right, it really did look off because it looked more like, uh, even though it wasn't stop motion animation, it looked more like that. It looked like the frames were a little choppy. It just didn't seem like it was going to be good. But yeah, once you sat down and watched it, I mean, it's one of the best Spider-Man films out there. <laughs> Definitely, and it being <clears throat> here's the thing with that though, with it being postponed until 2023. I'm okay with that because it gives them a chance to develop the script better because we've always been crapping on Sony about how they're quick to go ahead, especially what they did with Morbius. Um, But, (laughs) 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 but you know, we're always giving Sony a bad rap, but at least with the animation, they knocked that out of the park. Right. And you see, I was willing to give Sony a chance because of the fact that we're three for three for me. Yeah, yeah Spider Verse, fantastic. Even though that's an animated film, they did Venom really good. The very first Venom movie, right? And of course, Spider Man No Way Home. So, and of course, all the other Spider Man movies. So I'm like, okay, maybe Sony has their crap together. Maybe now they're not going to try and force the Sinister Six on us. Right. And we get Morbius. <laughs> and we're not going to go there. <laughs> no, but, we're, we're not going to go there this podcast. <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> oh boy <clears throat> but yeah um, I felt like I mean except for the Andrew Garfield films I felt like Sony has done a pretty good job with um, you know with Spider-Man oh yeah and except Spider-Man 3 but yeah <laughs> um, yeah they they crank out good material. They've they've done well so far. So I'm looking forward to seeing the next uh, Spider Verse film. They, they seem to have gotten their crap together, like you said. Uh, same I, here as well. Yeah, I but also too. The second Venom film, I liked it. Oh, okay. I was actually the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I figured as much. <laughs> because I was going to make my point on that though too. The reason why I didn't like it is because I feel like they wasted an hour of my time with humor. Versus building a story arc for uh, Venom and Carnage. 
Because that's what I was hoping for. That makes sense. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. Because I was thinking on the level of what we got with the very first Venom movie. I'm like, okay, so they're going to build this thing up. Nope. Right. It was nothing but fart jokes, him uh, roomating with Venom all over again. I'm like, no. Pretty much. <laughs> Venom was not that bad. <laughs> to me, it's defending both Morbius and Venom too. <laughs> oh, wow. But here's the thing, though, Tamika. I mean, I went into it with a different anticipation level and everything with both of those because Morbius is one of my favorite villains. And Venom's also one of my other favorite uh, anti-hero villains. Right. So I went into the same anticipation that I saw with the very first Venom movie because number one thing that I liked, even though it was corny, was the motivation in the of the villain in the first movie. Yeah, it was corny, but it worked. As long as you got the plot motivation of what the villain is doing yeah and then with venom 2 you have the villain but you don't have the main focus of why he's after other than the fact he's uh drank his blood now all of a sudden now he's carnage but that's just one thing of me looking at it from that angle i get you yeah i I can understand that uh charlie Charlie goes i knew morbius was going to be uh, was going to not do so well. Didn't look good at all. I also enjoy Venom 2. <clears throat> so he enjoyed Venom 2. So, okay, so now we're going to get into the last bit of movie news. Uh-huh. And it's dealing with Nicolas Cage. Right. And so I didn't know this um, until, like, last night when I was looking through stuff for us to talk about. And it was the whole fact that Nicholas Cage was uh, was brought up to do Lord of the Rings. He turned that down. He was brought up to do The Matrix. He turned that down. Right. And I understand why he did that. He did it because he didn't want to go to New Zealand for three years or Australia for three years because he wanted to stay home with his son, Weston. Right. So, so I understand that from a father perspective and everything. So, you know, I respect Nicholas Cage for doing that. Yeah. But it does make me curious. How would he have been in those films? <laughs> would he be like an over top uh, Agent Smith? Or right, and I feel like that would be the case <laughs> with that little smirk that he gives. He goes, "Mr. Anderson," right? <laughs> probably do. Probably get the big eyes, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> right, that crazy guy, Mr. Anderson. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, but yeah, I could definitely see him being played in Lord of the Rings, <laughs> an elf. <laughs> I, I can Maybe see. someone related to. I can see him having that same hair that he had in Conair. Yeah, and having uh, what's his name, uh, Orlando Bloom's being related to Orlando Bloom's character or something. <laughs> Aragorn. Oh man. Aragorn. <laughs> He just has a tendency to play a lot of these over-the-top characters. And I mean, not saying that he... No, not Gandalf. He's serious, but I feel like Nicolas Cage plays Nicolas Cage in every one of his movies. It's the same way I feel about Will Smith. Will Smith plays Will Smith. (laughs) I, I don't see the range there. Not often, anyway. Right. Right, it's hard to miss. Like when it comes down to the Oscar movies for Will, I could see it. Right. Like when you look at uh, the movie he just did with King Richard, and then of course when he did Concussion, and those yeah, kind of roles in Ali. 
seven pounds and um what was another serious role he did where he was a poor man and he was trying to take oh. care of his son and he got the, the job. pursuit of happiness yeah that's it pursuit of happiness okay i can see that but all of his other films yeah he's pretty much the same guy <laughs> collateral beauty yeah that was okay but it wasn't like you know like a very it was like a very will smith role yeah because I feel like Hancock, Men in Black, Wild Wild West. That was just him. Three characters. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Legend of Bigger Vance. Yeah, I could definitely see Legend of Bigger Vance being on my list of top tiers for Will Smith. It might actually be a cool thing to talk about is Will Smith rankings. Yeah. I got slapped first. Like, Frank you know, Will yeah. Smith movies. Okay. I, I can see that. <laughs> that might actually be something to talk about later on. Um, but... You know, I think that Nicolas Cage does a good job with what he has. He's also an Academy Award nominated actor as well. Yeah, well, yeah uh, I about those bad boy films, but still, I mean, uh, Mike Lowry's the same character as Jay yeah. from Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot one thing, though, man. You forgot one thing. He he didn't inherit a condo from his parent from his parents. <laughs> <laughs> or an inheritance from his parents. Jay was just a cop. So, yeah, yeah, yeah there's, it's, just, it's just a very poor version of Mike Larry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but as far as Nick Cage go, I mean, I like him in uh, Willie's Wonderland. I like that one because he's not... Se- Did you ever see that one? I have not seen it. Okay, man. Picture this. Nick Cage doesn't say a single word in this movie. It's a horror movie. These animatronics come to life in this haunted uh, Chunky Cheese, but it also kind of reminds you of Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh-huh. And basically, he's just there to do, to clean up a job, to clean up the restaurant in order for him to pay for his car that's damaged. Hmm. Because the mechanic is supposed to go ahead and fix up his car. Right. So, matter of fact, his character's name is called the janitor. And that's it. It's just the janitor. He doesn't talk. These kids are doing all the talking, and he's just looking at him like this, and he's uh, cranking up some uh, energy juice and stuff like that, like monster energies and stuff like that. He doesn't even say a word. Like, very over-the-top, cheesy horror horror movie. Give me this film again. Let me write this down. (laughs) Willie's Wonderland. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to check this out. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I got it. Willie's Wonderland. But, yeah. Uh, that's one I actually recommend, of course. You know, Leaving Las Vegas is another one that he did. Yeah. But, yeah, when you look at Nicholas Cage movies, he does a very fantastic job of what he does. He just became a meme over the years. Right. That's <laughs> all it is. And I'm a little curious about his new film. I, I kind of want to see how this goes. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing about Nick Cage that I like is he plays in movies that's for him. Right. Exactly. And that's something that I, matter of fact, I interviewed an actor that worked with him. Yeah. And he said, the reason why you don't see Nick Cage in these Academy Award winning movies anymore or anything like that, he's picking roles that are for him, for him to have a good time with everything. So yes. I definitely can respect that. Yeah, I get that. I didn't even see that one, Tamika. Okay. But I don't have Hulu. I canceled my account. Um, what film was she talking about? One of my other. <laughs> Accounts that I canceled because I didn't like their service that I'm about to do to Netflix. (laughs) But anyway, 
But anyways, I think that's everything that I had wanted to cover as far as this goes. Let me see what Charlie said in the private chat. He already has an Oscar. Yep, he already has an Oscar. So, right. you know, he, basically, in a sense, he doesn't really have much else to prove if he's already on that Oscar caliber. But that's I would true. love to see... But I would like to see him in National Treasure, the TV series, along with the other guy that got casted in National Treasure, because also his partner just got casted in, in right. National Treasure, the TV series. Okay. I had almost forgotten about that, and I, I did hear about it. I liked National Treasure, but eh, I wouldn't say it was necessarily because of Nicolas Cage's acting. I, I would say I like the story a bit more. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, anyways, that's about everything that I had wanted to cover. But PJ, man, thank you for being on the show and everything. I know that, you know, we've been trying to get this thing off the ground. Nick Cage has money, so he doesn't need an Academy of Films. Nope, he also owned a castle once, which also gone bankrupt. Right. But also, too, I would also have to blame his agent, though, for his bankruptcy as well. So. But anyways, that, thanks again, man. It's, this was a blast. We're definitely going to have to do our Ghostbusters reviews uh, sometimes oh, yeah. soon. Talking <laughs> Ghostbusters. You know, that's my first love right there. Well, I had two first loves, Ghostbusters and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're definitely both doing came out the same year. <laughs> <laughs> both which I, I arrived that year also, 1984. <laughs> 85 for me. I mean, I came in a All year right. later. <laughs> Came in Back to the Future style. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Exactly. You came in Back to the Future style, which was cool. The, the 80s were right. awesome. <laughs> Definitely, man. Definitely. But like yeah, I said, I'm... we're going to have to do this again. I, I had a blast talking with you with this stuff. It's, it's, it's a pleasure, really. Thank it you. It was my pleasure, brother. Welcome. All right. So, with that being said, guys, you guys can go on ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers TV Lovers Night on Facebook, underneath the same brand name on Instagram, and on Pinterest as well. If you would like to have an audio only podcast of, of our episode, you can guys on all major podcast platforms. But of course, go over to Good Pods, go over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Rate us over there, rate individual episodes, tell us what you think about those episodes. Also, too, if you're a sponsor sponsor or would like to be on the show, just go ahead and reach out to me at movielovesnight at gmail.com. And of course, if you want to donate to our page, all you have to do is go to buyusacoffee.com forward slash movie lovers. And that's uh, www.buyusacoffee.com forward slash movie lovers. Then, of course, if you guys want to, go on ahead. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to comment below. Smashing that subscribe button. And, of course, the bottom right-hand corner will allow you guys to know when we have something new. That bell smash the hell out of it, just like how Thor is going to smash the hell out of this box office coming up. So that's what you guys need to be doing. And sing Sweet Child of Mine. But anyways, uh, go over to TikTok. Uh, follow me over there at Movie Lovers Unit Zero, and then on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit over there. And that's every way that you can reach out to me. Thank you again, PJ. Thank you so much once again. Then, of course, Tamika, thank you for commenting, defending all, all the two movies I didn't like this year so far uh, or last year. And I also want to say thank you to Tanya for commenting in the live chat as well. Thank you, Charlie, for producing. And always until next time, guys, tomorrow night. You're going to, um, well, not tomorrow night, but whenever you watch it, Friday, you're going to be seeing our uh, Moon Knight review on episode four. So that's going to be dropping after I do the editing and all that stuff. So that's everything that you need to know. And I hope that you guys enjoy the rest of your night. And bye-bye.